Okay, Parsha Shmini. This week is Parsha Shmini. The Pasuk starts, as we have in the beginning of the page, Vayhiba Yem HaShmini was on the eighth day. Kara Moshe La'aron, Olevana V'Lazikne Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu calls to Aaron and to his children and to the elders of the Jewish people. Of course, this is the eighth day of what? And the Parsha just says it's the eighth day. So it was really Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And it followed seven days of Chanukah Samishkan, Chanukah Samizbeach. They started putting the, the, the Mishkan up before Rosh Hashanah. Exactly, Chav Gimel Adar. From Chav Gimel Adar they start. Every, every day they would pull, put it up and dismantle it. This is the first and, time it stayed up. And this is the first day that it was up to stay, and that was the first day that the Eish came from heaven. Mm-hmm. The first time that Hashem's Shechina came into the world, really um, in more of a permanent way, was under Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which was the eighth day. So it's interesting that that's how the Parsha begins. There was the eighth day, and Moshe calls to Aaron and Zikne Yisrael. So here we have a very fascinating clay yucker. Very, it's a very important clay yucker. And he talks about the concept of eight. And he says, why is the Pasuk so intent on telling us that it was the eighth day? You know, it could have said it was, it was the day after the Meluim. It was Rosh Chodesh. You know, why, why the eighth? And he says the following. Let's read it inside. He says, The reason the Torah here makes uh, such a um, distinction of the number eight is because he wants to tell us that it was on this very day Nira Hashem Aleihem, that Hashem appeared to the Jewish people. None of the earlier days. It was even though they were doing all the things, the seven days and all the acts of consecration, but there wasn't the Gilui Hashchina. There wasn't the revelation of the Divine Presence. Therefore, the Torah has to give us a reason. Like, what was so special? Why Dafka on this day did the Shechina appear? So the answer is because it was the eighth day. The fact that it was connected with number eight, that itself becomes a cause for a whole new level of Kedusha. And here he says, a, again, a, a quote that I think has become a famous quote. Kichol mispar sheva chol mispar shmini kodesh. Whenever you think of seven, seven represents the shlemus of the week, of the mundane. Number eight comes after seven. That represents Kedusha. Kedas HaMedrash, and this is based on the Medrash, and comes from the Yalkut in Shemos, which says, Ha'imer, Shekol Kilusay Shel Moshe Hoya Be'oz. When Moshe Rabbeinu would praise Hashem, he'd want to praise Hashem, he would use the word Oz. Like Moshe Rabbeinu says, Me'oz Be'oz Yiladaber Bishmecha. <clears throat> from when I came to talk in your name, Oz Yashir Moshe, then Moshe, saying the famous Oz Yashir. What's unique about the word Oz? Says the Klayakar, it's Aleph Zion, one on top of seven. Oz Hainu Aleph Reichiv Al Zion, it's the one who rides above the seven. Vahu Lahashlit Es Hashem Yisbarich, and that is showing on the rulership of Hashem, Al Kol Shiva Koychve Leches. On all the seven um, stars of the constellations, Valkolhan Nimsoyim, on all creation, Shenishavu Bishiva Yimei Bereshis, that are created in the seven days of Bereshis. Which means the following The world is created in a cycle of seven. Seven days in a week, and then the week starts again, right? Sheshis Yimei Bereshis, and then Shabbos. And then there's the seven years, and then Shemitah, seven Shemitahs, and then Yovel. Which means that seven represents the cycle of creation. The cycle of Bria. Eight represents the Madriga, the level of godliness that's above and beyond the Bria, above and beyond creation. There is godliness within creation, obviously. 
And then there is the madriga, the level of godliness that's above and beyond creation. And that's what the number eight reflects or represents, says the Kleyokar. And that's reflected in the actual word uz, aleph, over Zion, the darga, the madriga of Hashem that's above the seven. He talks about the seven stars and the seven days of creation. Which should be also, because that's Shabbos. Right. So Shabbos is the, is the ultimate Kedusha within creation. Eight is the Kedusha above creation. Now, Shabbos is the Shlemus of creation. So six days and then the seventh. But then you have the Madriga above that, that's number eight. You know, it's interesting, also Shavuos is similar to that. We count seven full weeks, and then there's Matan Torah above the seven. Or we have seven Shemitahs, and then there's Yovel above the seven. Right? So always the number above seven represents the level of Kedusha that's above and beyond creation. That's what he continues and says, and that's why Hashem appears to the Jewish people specifically on this day. Because it's number eight. This number is unique to Hashem Himself. And He gives us a couple of other examples in the Torah where we see how the number eight is connected to a significant level of Kedusha. For example, He says, it's a, it's a clear mitzvah in the Torah that every korban, person wants to bring a sacrifice to Hashem of any animal, no animal is permissible to be brought as a korban before it is eight days old. Only from the eighth day and on can the korban be brought for Hashem. The same idea. You want to connect something to Hashem above and beyond creation, it has to be connected to the number eight. And then he says, V'zetam shehamila shebeshmini Think about it. You have Shabbos and you have a bris mila. When Shabbos comes together with bris mila, of course we know the halacha is mila is docha Shabbos. Says he why? Shabbos is seven. That represents the shleimus of bria of creation. Mila is number eight. As he says, ki haruchni docha hagashmi. The spirit is more powerful than the physical. And Shabbos, again, is the Shlemus of the Kedusha, of the physical, of the world. And Mila is that connection to Hashem, that bond that's above and beyond creation. And that's why it's connected with the number eight. And this is why our Pasha is called Pasha Shmini. And the first day that Hashem comes into the world in this, in this uh, Shlemus, the Kawai, in this complete way, in the Mishkan is an Yom HaShmini Dafka. But then he has an interesting thing. We've talked about seven, we've talked about eight. There's another big number. When you think about numbers in Torah, when you think after seven and eight, what's the next number of Shlemus that comes to mind? Ten. Ten, right? And so on. So he says something interesting. Rashi says from the Medrash, right in the beginning of this feast, Parsha, that this eighth day took ten crowns. There's ten special things about that day, that day of Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Um, I don't, I'm not going to remember all of them by heart, but it says it's the first day of the week. Um, so it's the Rishon of Bereshis. The first day of the Chodesh. It's the first day of the Kahuna. It's the first day of the Karbanos. The first day of the Gilei Ashkina. Um, and there's a couple more. There's a couple more over there. Uh, the first day of the Karbanos of the Nisim, which was there as well. Um, again, there's, there's ten Ataros that says that that day had ten crowns. So, says the Kleyakar, that, so we say that it's the eighth day took ten crowns. So we're, we're highlighting two numbers, the number eight and the number ten. He says, Remez l'mashamru chazal, this alludes to this that our sages say in the Gemara in Erechem, Dafid Gimel Mabes, 
It says there, Kinor, Shal Yimosa Mashiach, Yiyeshmone Nimin. In the Beis HaMikdash, there was a Kinor. A Kinor is the uh, a harp. So it says the harp that was in the, time, in the old Beis HaMikdash that we had was seven strands. When Mashiach will come, eight, uh, yeah. when, the, when Mashiach will come, the, the, um, the harp will have eight strands. And then it says, Vishal HaOlam Haba, in a later stage, after B'as Mashiach called Olam Haba, then it will be Asara Nimin, there will be ten strands. So that's what the Gemara says. But the Gemara doesn't explain what's the significance. Eight strands, ten strands. So the Kriyakar says, he says, L'fishil Yimosa Mashiach, in the days of Mashiach, V'nigla Kvod Hashem V'ro Kol Basar, that's, a, that's a, from the Nebuah of Yishayo. That the glory of Hashem will be revealed and all flesh will see Hashem. Ki Hashem echad rochiv al shiva koch leches manhigei ha'olam hazeh. When Mashiach will come, we'll see how Hashem controls everything is above everything. That's the number eight. That He is above the seven. That's when Mashiach will come, the kinner will have the eight strands. Avalolam haba. Later. There will come a time when we'll be totally above and beyond the physical. Then it will be added to us even more understanding. That we'll see Hashem's Malchus how it's above even all the spiritual entities, all the spiritual creations. All spiritual creations are all included in the number nine, and Hashem is the Shlemus of number ten. So in the Olam Abba, we'll see the number 10, the total Shlemus of Hashem, Besod, and this is the secret of Aron Tes, the Kapores Tefach. Uh, the Aron of the Besamiktos was 10 Tefachim, 9 Tefachim, and the Kapores was the 10th. Ten. So the Shlemus was all 10. Vaz Hashmini Yala Lamispar Eser, then in Olam Abba, we'll get from the number 8 to the number 10. Al Kain Baharemes Biyom Shmini Zeh. Shenatal Eser Ataros. And that's the hint. That's what's being alluded to over here that it's the Yom Shmini, the eighth day, but it's connected to the ten crowns. Lomar to tell us, that already on that first day when, the, when Hashem revealed himself in the Mishkan, it was Me'en Olam Abba. Kisham Yiru Eskvod Hashem. Then we'll be able to see the glory of Hashem, Ayin Ba'ayin, eye to eye, face to face, so to speak. And this day when they when they when Hashem came brought the Shekhinah into the Mishkan, there too it says Hashem Nira Aleichem. So it was a day of Me'ain Olam Haba. This is all from the Klayakar. So why are they so, doing day ten? So because it's not Olam Haba Mamish, because it's still not Olam Haba. So therefore it's eight, which represents higher than Bria, but already is alluding to connected Me'ain Olam Haba when it's going to be the Shlemus of the number ten. So basically, in summation, this Klayakar is a study of three numbers. Seven, eight, and ten. And seven, he says, is the Shlemos of Kedusha in this world. Um, a Shabbos, and, and that's seven. Eight is Kodesh, is the le- level above. And he talked about the Oz Yashir. And he talked about Brismila. And he talked about that a carbon could be brought on the eighth day. So eight is the, is the Madrega of Alakus of, of Godliness that's above the Bria. And that, that's why the, the Mishkan had to start its full functionality on the 8th day, Yom Shmini, and that's the name of the parsha. But there's an de- allusion also to number 10, which is the ultimate Shlemus, and that's represented, he said, by the 9 Tfachim of the Aron and the Kaporas, and that's why this day, of, this day, the 8th day, took the 10 crowns to tell us that on that day there's already Me'en Olam which is in the Mishkan. And this, this is also connected to the idea that really the Mishkan you know, there's a mitzvah of Asuli Miktas, which we talked about so many times, which started with the Mishkan. 
and then continued in the Mishkan of Gilgal, and then in Mishkan of Shiloh, and then in Nov, and then in Givon, then the first base of Mikdash, then the second, then the third. Ultimately, that's one shame. There's one shame. According to the Rambam, it's one mitzvah. There's not different mitzvahs of a Mishkan or a base of Mikdash. There's one mitzvah. And that mitzvah just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and more permanent until the Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi that we're waiting for. But ultimately, right on that first day, there's already the Me'ein Olam above the, of, the end, of the end game, so to speak. Because the first Gilui of Hashem and the Mishkan is connected to the ultimate Gilui that will be in the Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi. So that's the first point I wanted to touch on, the very name of the Parsha, and which connects to the basic idea of the, of the uh, Hashra, the, the, uh, the Divine Presence, that came down into the world on that Yom Hashmir. That's part one. One more idea, and that's from a little bit later in the Parsha. And that is, this was a great, unbelievable day. The day that everyone was waiting for, the day that Hashem comes to the Mishkan. However, on that day happened a terrible tragedy for the Jewish people, on that very day. Because as you know, the story as the Parsha unfolds, that you know it's all this tremendous excitement, and then the two great sons of Aaron, Nadav and Aviyu, the Pasuk says, they take fire and they go in and they bring an Eish Zara. They bring a fire, strange fire that Hashem did not tell them to do. And Vatetse Eish Melofnei Hashem. You know, actually, let's read the Pasuk inside. I have it right here. I don't have to say it by heart. It says, The sons of Aaron, Nadav and Aviyu, each one took his pan. They put fire into it. They put the incense. And they brought close to Hashem Eish Zara strange fire of which they were not commanded to bring and a fire comes out from before Hashem and consumes them and they die before Hashem so this is the tragedy of the day it's just if you use your imagination what's going on everything is the celebration of the Mishkan and Aaron Hakon the Kohen Gadol's two sons are struck dead right to the extent that it's in Ratan even Shulchanarov, that even till today, there are people who fast on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Typically, you don't fast on Rosh Chodesh, but it says Rosh Chodesh Nisan is called the Tainis Shel Tzadikim, who, who are still mourning the death of the Bnei Ahara. That's what it says. Now, the strange thing about this is that in the Torah, there's really no indication what they did wrong. It doesn't say. It just says they came and they brought a carbon that they weren't commanded to do. Why did they die? The Torah doesn't say. And there's numerous opinions all different types of, of explanations given and, and Rashi said, Rashi brings two of the opinions, Rashi brings I think from, from Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel, if it was that they were drunk um, another Peter's Rashi says is because they went without asking Moshe Rabbeinu there's other they weren't married, all different types of opinion and different mafarshim and different shites, right? but one thing is very clear after everything is said and done, these were tremendous sadiqim they weren't people that, you know, they, they sinned and they died. And that's very evident from the next Pasuk, which we have over here, the third Pasuk. I don't understand the answer. Which one? When Moshe says to Aaron, he says, Hashem says he's going to be sanctified through... Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. So, Vayomer Moshe Aaron, Moshe says to Aaron, Hu Asher Hashem Lemur. This is what Hashem said, Bikrovai Ekodesh. I will be sanctified with those closest to me. And, and this will be difficult for everyone else. Aaron, Aaron was silent. Another famous part of the parsha. Aaron was silent. Aaron didn't talk. But Moshe tells Aaron, Hashem, the Mishnah, the Mishkan was going to be sanctified with the holiest of people. To the extent, let's just read the Rashi. 
uh, Rashi says, Hashem. Say this, because it says, Hashem said in, in, in Chumash Shemos, V'no'adeti shamal of Yisrael, I will come there to the Jewish people, V'nikdash b'chvodi. I will be sanctified with those b'chvodi with my honor. Says Rashi, Atikra b'chvodi ela b'michubadai. Those who are most honored by me. Amar lo Moshe laharon. Moshe tells Aaron, Aaron achi, Aaron my brother. Yodea hayisi sheyiskade shabayis b'miyuda of shalmakom. I always knew, I knew from then, that this house, the, the Beis HaMikdash, or the Mishkan, was going to be sanctified with those who are closest to Hashem. I thought, who's the closest to Hashem? It's either me or you, Moshe Ben or Aaron. Now this is Moshe Rabbeinu talking. Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest Jew that ever lived. And Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Aaron, I, I thought, that the house, the, the Mishkan was being sanctified with, with those closest to Hashem. So I thought it's you and me. But now I see it, no, 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 they're greater. They were greater than us. That's what Rashi says on the Chumash. Which means, clearly we're talking about not just Sadiqim, but Sadiqim Gemurim. If someone, if Moshe Rabbeinu could say about someone who's bigger than him, then we're talking about the ultimate. What in Sadiqim Gemurim? But it seems like the answer from Rashi, that this was predestined, that Moshe knew this was going to happen. So maybe, perhaps they didn't do anything wrong. Exactly, exactly. It was just... So, so in other words... And, and why would Hashem want to do that? Why would he... Exactly. So what's really going on? And that's exactly what I want to talk about here. We have there this, a strange story. And perhaps the strangest thing is the Torah doesn't say what they did wrong. It doesn't say they did anything And you have this pirush and that pirush and a third and a fourth. But the Torah doesn't say any of those pirush. And... Not just it doesn't say the Purushim, the Torah makes sure we understand these are Tzaddikim Gimurim. It says that in the Pasuk, that, that don't think, don't make any mistakes that they were you know, doing anything wrong. Tzaddikim Gimurim. So the question is, so what's it all about? What's really going on behind the scenes? And again, there's something, obviously there's so much about this. But I want to read with you an Orachayim, a statement from the Orachayim HaKadosh. Um, and this Orachayim actually is not on this week's Parsha. It's later in Parsha's Acharemos, because although the story of their death happens in this Parsha, and, and there's going to be a few Parshas after Shmini comes to Zriya Mitzorah, but then we have Acharemos. Acharemos is Acharemos Shnei Bnei Aharon. So sort of, as we know, Torah is not really in order, but Acharemos comes directly after this story. So, the Pasuk says, in the beginning of Acharemos, Vaidaber Hashem al Moshe, Hashem speaks to Moshe, Acharemos Shnei Bnei Aharon, after the two sons of Aaron died, Bikarvasam Lefnei Hashem Vayamusu as they came close before Hashem and they died. Again, a very enigmatic pasuk. It doesn't say when they did an Avera. It, does, it says, B'karva sam lefnei Hashem, when they came close to Hashem. Says the Orachayim. And it's a, it's a very lengthy Orachayim. I took out one piece from the Orachayim. And he says the following. Diber Hashem l'moyshe derech misasam. Hashem really was explaining to Moshe what was going on. This whole death. Shehoysa al zeh derech you know what it was about? They died because of their closeness to Hashem. Their closeness to Hashem is what caused their death. Pirush. They came close to the divine light. With such a tremendous desire and love of holiness. Their souls departed their body out of, out of desire what we call kolos nefesh that the soul just wants to leave the body and the physical and cleave to his source. 
And the Rechaim says that's what the Torah is saying. Bikarvasam lefnei Hashem vayemusu. They died from closeness. They died from their nishamas getting so connected that it left their guf. Vuhu sod ha-nishika. This is the concept of, we find sometimes it says in Chazal, Misas Nishika, a divine kiss. It says Moshe died by Nishika, Aaron died by Nishika, that the soul just departs directly into Hashem. Shabam Mesim at Sadiqim, the greatest Sadiqim die in that way. Not even a view then are equal to the death of all the Sadiqim. The difference is, Shehat Sadiqim ha Nishika Miskareves Lahem. Normally, when a tzaddik dies, the divine kiss comes to them. Hashem comes to them, and that's how he takes their neshama from them. They went towards the divine kiss. They came close, and their neshama left their bodies. And that's what Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu. They died from one thing, from getting so close that their neshama sort of left them to be included within Hashem. Burnt, though, that, that, and some even say maybe the goof was burnt, but not okay. the clothing, so they, that's how they were able to. Right, to right. Them. So it says, right. according to both, not just not the goof at all, just went into their nostrils. But for care, what does it say? He says, exactly the same lashon that it says a pasuk earlier, when Hashem's fire came to consume the karbanas. So we're talking about the divine fire that comes forth from Hashem. We're not talking about like the fire of Sreifa of the Bezdin when they kill someone. You know, one passage says, "Vatetze Eishem l'fnei Hashem v'atochlas akarbanos," and then it's "Vatetze Eishem l'fnei Hashem v'ayimusu b'nei Aaron." Both are talking about a divine revelation that came, and that sort of, and the neshama is left with it. Why is it called Eishzara? Sounds derogatory. Oh, excellent, excellent. Why is it called Eishzara? I want to talk about that in a moment. Okay, but first, let's just read what he says further. Then he, he adds, he says, "Ve'omro." It's, it's a very, it's an interesting Hasidic story. The Magid of Mezrich who's the, when, as we spoke many times, he's a successor to the Baal Shem Tov. He had a son, his name was Rabbi Avram the Malach. That's what he's called, Avram HaMalach. We didn't call him Malach because he was on such a spiritual madriga, the whole physicality of his world was zero to him. This meant nothing to him. And all it was, it was Torah and Avaida and Tefillah. And so when the Baal Atanya came to be a disciple of the Magid, the Magid made them Chavrusas. The Baal Atanya learned with Rabbi Avram HaMalach. And they would learn the secrets of Torah, reveal parts of Torah, they learned everything. So one time it says, the, the Chassidim say, one time they were learning, and the Balatanya noticed that Avram Malach was in such a state of heightened ruchnis that his neshama was about to depart his body. Like Nadav and Aviyu, it says. He was, he was dying. <laughs> he was in the middle of davening. And it says, the Balatanya said, he took, there was, some, there was a, a bagel on the, on the table, some food. He took it and he opened his mouth and stuck it in to bring him back down into the Gashmis of this world. He should taste food. That, that, and he said he saved his life. The, the Ram al later said, thanked him. He said, you saved my life, Mamash. He says, because my, my, my neshama was about to depart my body. Wow. This is my So here the Rechaim says, Vaiter, he says, musu. It says, if you look at this Pasuk here in Achrimos, it says, Achrimos shnei b'nei Aaron, b'karvasam l'fnei Hashem, musu. Now, seemingly that last word, Vayimusu, is totally extra, right? Because it already said, Achorimos, after they died. So if they died, why did he say again? And they died. So he says, it says, Vayimusu, Remez HaKosuv, the Torah is hinting, HaFloas Chibas HaTzadikim. The tremendous level of the love of the Tzadikim to Hashem. 
Shagam shahoyu margishim bimisasam. They felt that they were dying. It's not like they were shocked. Lo nimnu. They didn't hold them back. Mikiruv. To come closer. Lidvekos. This, this level of, of cleaving. Neimos of the sweetness and the arevos, the beauty, yididos, the love. Chavivos, another expression of love. Chashekos and mesikos, the sweetness. Ad kolos nafshosem mehem. Until their, their souls departed. In other words, the Torah says over the word vayimusu, Rechaim is telling us to say, they felt they were dying, but they were so, their love was so great, so powerful, that they let their neshamas leave their bodies. Vahavim, you have to understand this. And he says, Ubechinazu, this level, ain makir echusa. Nobody understands it. Nobody can understand the depth of this feeling of love of a tzaddik for Hashem. Vihimushlele sahakara. This is totally impossible for us to comprehend. Lomi pi minha anushi, velomi pi This can't be explained, this can't be written. Velotusag, and can't be grasped by hashoros muskal hageshem, by any type of physical understanding. And this is Arachayim talking. Arachayim is known as the Arachayim HaKadosh, who, who understood a little bit about this, at least enough to tell us that we can't understand this whatsoever. But he's describing to us this concept of Kulis HaNefesh, which, which means that these B'nai Aaron were on the highest Madriga possible, which the Emesis is evident from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu says they're higher than me. And as you pointed out before, this was sort of part of the plan. In other words, in order to bring the Shekhinah down to the world, there had to be a tzaddik that was so connected to Hashem that his neshama just was just left him and went right into the Chei Kabori, into, into Hashem himself. And Moshe Rabbeinu thought it was going to be him or Aaron, but it was their children. It, it was, it was Nadav and Aviyu who were on this Madriga of this level of Dveikas Hashem. Now, Abe asked the question, if we go back to the Parsha, it says that this was an Eish Zara. It was a, a strange fire, which they were not commanded to do. So, it's, you know, here the Rechaim is making it sound like the ultimate, highest Madriga possible, but the Pasuk says it's an Eish Zara, Siva Osam. And, and the answer is, the answer is, because ultimately, this is not the Kavanah. Hashem doesn't want that all of us should be on this madriga of tzaddikim and we should all die because of our connection to Hashem. Hashem gave us mitzvahs and mitzvahs meant to be done in a physical world and Hashem created us as physical people and we're supposed to be here. And you know, this is, uh, how, do you, how do the magicians say, don't try this at home. This is, this is not made for the regular avod of a yid. Because in the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, there's no such mitzvah. Like you should love Hashem so much that your soul shall leave your body. And that's not the case. We're created to live. And v'chai, as the Pasuk says, v'chai bahem, we're meant to live in this world. There were those tzaddikim, nifloim, amazing tzaddikim that were in this madriga, and it was necessary that there should be such a tzaddik in the world. But that's asherlot siva osam, there's no such command in the Torah. This is strange for the ways of the regular Torah mitzvahs that we have. For the regular, this is not our goal. It's not a goal that we should try to get to that madriga that we're dying, chas v'sholem. We have to work on Avas Hashem, no question. We have to want to be Dovuk by Hashem. But the Gemara says, how can we be Dovuk by Hashem? It says, Dovuk by Tamidi Chachamim. It says, Dovuk by doing his, going in his ways, emulating his paths. Emulating. emulating. So in other words, for the regular 99.9% .9 of Klal Yisrael, this is not the derech that we're trying to emulate. And that's why it's called, ultimately, Eish Zara. It's strange. It's not the regular. It's not common. And slot siva osam. There's no such mitzvah. That's not the commandment. This is not the regular derech avoda. 
Yet, it's important to understand what happened there, that we were talking about these ultimate tzaddikim, that, that because of the tremendous gilu of the day, revelation of the day, their souls were so wrapped up in it that they had that madrig of close anefesh where their souls left their body and came, became one with Hashem. That's the Rechaim HaKadosh. Yes, yes, yes.